Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Podcast, a uh, special Halloween edition, uh, requested by your friend of mine, Christopher T. Vaccaro. Chris, what's up? Uh, wow, you know what? That is right, actually. It is Christopher T. Yeah. You know is, that, it, right? is it really? Did you no, actually just speaking, guess. Was, no. <laughs> <laughs> you labeled me Christopher J for so long that people on Twitter are actually referring to me as Christopher J now, Nando, <laughs> but Christopher T is actually the correct one. Oh, who knew? <laughs> All right, well, good for me. Yeah, good for you, buddy. Brandon M. Lee. That's what's right. Up? What up, what yes. up? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's going right. to be a big day. I was able to- Did everybody to... survive by Mageddon? I did. And and you know what? Uh, one of my leagues just ran waivers. We're going to be talking about him later. But I was able to get Zach Ertz to go in for Mark Andrews this week. So fill nice. in the hotness. Wow. There Bam. You go. Bam. I literally did not survive. Uh, I got cut from a uh, the guillot- the Paul Charchi and uh, Guillotine League that I was in. Uh, let me guess, Geno Smith didn't come up big for you, huh? No, I didn't have Geno Smith. Uh, oh. I had I, well, I had Josh Allen who was on by. Um, mm. I don't. You know what? I don't even remember who my quarterback was at this oh, point. I've, nice. I've washed it from my brain. Was it the yeah, well, awesome I, Sam? And Darnold? your team and your team is washed from the standings. So there well, you go. Clever turn of phrase, my friend. You know it, buddy. Uh, I don't even know if I can look that up. That's all right. We don't. Hold on. Let me just hold up the show. Home. Let me hold up the show to see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Show yeah. the people at home are dying <laughs> to know totally what quarterbacks. Everyone loves you. hearing about our teams. They do. Yep. Well, actually, listen. So <laughs> I, I want to start the show. I'm going to go off already before we even get into Ernest Johnson. Um, I so I help this guy with his team, and <laughs> I he does the waiver wire. Um, and it's actually the best of all my teams. That's like it's a five and one team or whatever, one lost team. Um, and he uh. He was doing the waiver wire. He's got some buys, and we made some bad. You know, we got Mike Davis we're dealing with. Uh, we lost uh, Gus Edwards. And it's still a good team, but no one in the league is trading. And I've noticed no one in any of my leagues wants to trade. Like, no one's trading anywhere, I've kind of noticed. Yeah, I've noticed um, the same thing, actually. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a new era where everyone just, maybe too much information, and they just, you know. I haven't made one trade all season long um, in any of my home leagues. Not one. And every trade I get offered is garbage. And maybe I send some half garbage offers back to people just out of frustration. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, it, it, I think the answer here is nobody wants to give up running backs this year. So and everybody's trying to acquire running backs because most teams are running back needy. And a lot of teams that I see in my leagues are all have decent wide receiver depth. And you're trying to trade off a couple of your receive my receivers because I'm deep at receivers. So it's like bad fits for everybody. And every team has a solid quarterback, so nobody's trying to like upgrade at the quarterback position. Because mm-hmm. I have a, t- a couple teams where it's like a you know Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, uh, a Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. So I can afford to make that move and upgrade somebody at the quarterback position. But everybody's got a pretty good quarterback, 
You know, there's maybe one team that's struggling at the quarterback position and they're rolling with like a Jalen Hurts who's fantasy-wise is okay. But I think that's the issue in terms of trades. It's like, hey, I want to trade, uh, you know, for your top 12 running back and give you these receivers. But everybody's like, oh, I'm not trading a top 12 running back. So I think it's bad fits this year and I, I can't pull off a trade. I don't know how about you guys. I don't. I think it's actually the fact that every week there's actually substantial waiver wire activity. So I don't necessarily want to give up someone great if I could get someone serviceable and still win my matchup for free. You know what I'm saying? At, the, at what position? Because you can't go to the wire. I don't know what league. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how, what your leagues look like on waivers, Brandon. But you can't go to the waiver wire and, and get a service or bowl running back. Well, I mean, it, but each week, well, just sort of, week. yeah. I yeah. mean, you can get P. Ryan. You could have gotten Elijah Mitchell. You could have gotten Nobody's Johnson. The, yeah, you could have gotten. What I'm saying is, through but the you year, you went to the waiver wire and got P. Ryan and was like, "Yeah, I'm playing him because I think he's going to do great." And then he, you know, gets garbage time touchdowns. And I mean, I do know some people that started P. Ryan because of the bye weeks last week. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's uh, every week there's been someone. You could have had Gainwell. You could have had – I mean, there's like different people that you kind of just got that you're like, well, I think this person may hit eventually. And because there's been so much injury and activity at that position, I feel like the activity is what's got everyone scared. I, and, I, and not in like a uh, necessarily a good way. Again, I'm not saying that obviously having one of these dudes is better than actually trading for someone who's starting, uh, you know, consistently at the running back position. But I think that because, you know, Cordero Patterson, I think people were able to pick up people that they're able to plug and play. And so they're taking the kind of um, patchwork quilt approach to their teams this year, and they're still able to win. I am four and three or three and four in almost every league. So I'm either fourth place or seventh place, pretty much across the board, high in points. So I feel good. You know, those are like positions where you're going to get into the playoffs. But that's three and four, you're seventh place. You're in the middle of the league. It's so it's such parody. That I think that's what it is, is that people are like, well, I could still win with this, you know, hodgepodge team, you know? <laughs> all you got to do is get in. All you got to do is get all in the playoffs. All you got to do is get in the playoffs. So I think that's what it is. I think people are just scared because of how hodgepodge everything's been this year. But maybe that's just me. Maybe that's the way I'm feeling and I'm just giving you, you know, my, you know, couch psychology kind of thing here. <laughs> maybe it's just <laughs> What? Like I've tried like Terry McLaurin for – or Deontay Johnson for uh, Daryl Henderson. Which I thought was close, but I was laughed at. You know what I mean? Like it's—I I think the values are way off. And maybe what Chris is talking about, like it's the running—you well, cannot acquire exactly, a running back. That's exactly yeah, what that's I'm right. talking about. I wouldn't I have done even, it. I I even, nobody's like, trading no, for a no. top. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson's great. He's a solid wide receiver too. But nobody's going to look at their own team and say, Man, "I can afford to to trade away this top ten running back." Yeah, you'd, you'd have, have to give, give like me two players. players. You need to have to give me a running back and a wide receiver. Yeah, but I've always found like when you throw in that second player, it looks like. You're trying to pull a fast one, and it, like I'm giving you some junk as a throw-in that I don't want. Yeah, but this year like, sometimes I, junk is doing it. I don't know, but I like if I see someone like oh, I'll, and I'll give you like Corey Davis. I'm like, no, I don't want you Corey Davis. You know, like I, I don't know. I just think like it's going to take Tyreek Hill to get Daryl Henderson this year. You know what I mean? It's going <laughs> to you've got to give up a top five wide receiver if you're trying to get a, a top, top ten, yeah, right back. twelve why, why or fifteen running back from yeah. your strength. And, and then at that point, you're you're asking yourself, why am I taking away from my strength and trading away my wide receiver one? Because you're probably, uh, you know, if you're trading away a Tyreek Hill, it's probably a loaded wide receiver team because you have the depth behind it. Now now you're trading away your strength. I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, and you but might like be like, said, you, I can start Michael Carter 
instead and then just keep my Tyreek Hill. I love Michael Carter, Brandon. Yeah, this now, week going is Going forward, I mean, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, I think they've completely written off Tevin Coleman now, which, thank God. Thank God. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, they made up, like, another excuse for him injury-wise to make him an active. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he's out of the picture. It's Carter and Ty Johnson. They were still mixing in Ty Johnson this week, who's, you know, a, a decent running back, but he gets dinged up and leaves the concussion. But what a perfect RB2 PPR back Michael Carter is going to be the rest of the way um I'm going to need it personally uh my biggest league the NFFC diamond I've been searching for that RB2 I, I stashed Michael Carter on the bench uh he's in going forward for me now uh rest of the way as my RB2 go out there catch me five six balls trailing from behind most of the most weeks with the Jets and go give me my 12, 14 PPR points, and uh, I'll call it a day with Michael Carter. And Joe well, Flacco right. loves to pass to the running back. That's his jam. I, that's going to be interesting. If it's Joe Flacco, it, Michael it Carter is, is boom. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what they do. And the Jets, we, you know, I tweeted that out in, in August, actually, Brandon, how stupid you have a, a young first-round pick in Zach Wilson, and you don't back him up with a veteran. You know, like, look around the league, yep. you know. You gotta, you gotta make sure you have a veteran, old, like one of those thirty-six-year-old quarterbacks, like those Josh McCowns, in the room with, with Zach Wilson. And in case he goes down, at least you bring in a veteran. You know, Zach Wilson goes down, and they come out of nowhere with this kid, Mike. Uh, I don't know what's his name, Mike White. I, I, I mean, I actually think uh, Joe Flacco is gonna be good for his development in the quarterback room. I think we underestimate what having someone with a football IQ does in the quarterback room. I actually think this is a – I think this Joe Flacco move is, is kind of not talked about enough. I think this is actually a big step for the Jets, period, because I think they're fixing numerous problems with it, frankly. Well, Joe Flacco's best days are behind them. It's just a st- – But he has I the intellect. Know. In the quarterback room, he's going to say, oh, look at this. Da, da, da. Oh, There's just something yeah, and there. That's what, but that's what should have been there with Agreed. with Zach Wilson since day one yep. all training camp is what I'm saying. We Zach agree. Wilson looks to the left of me, and he's got a nobody quarterback in, in the room with him instead of a veteran like a Flacco on McCown since day one. So, yeah. Um, but now Zach Wilson's out for the next couple of weeks or – you know, two to four weeks. But he can learn. I think that a lot of the stuff we're seeing with him is a learning issue that I think really would have been fixed if there was that veteran from the get-go. I really genuinely think there's a learning curve here that I think will advance. I I actually think, in general, the New York Jets moving forward has a more optimistic outlook with Joe Flacco coming to the team. Yes, he's obviously not a a quarterback for us fantasy-wise. I'm talking about the team, the dynamics, play-calling, how this all works, how Zach Wilson develops. I, I think this actually is a, a, a happy little accident, as Bob Ross would say. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like it's that. funny, too, because last week in, in my column, a reader um, you know, asked, you know, what offenses do you see could be a sneaky fantasy offense second half of the season? And I thought about it, and the first you know, team that jumped in, in, my, in my head was the Denver Broncos, because he actually brought it up. He was like, is Denver like a team you're thinking of? I was like, yeah. And then I thought a little bit more about it. And I think both New York teams are my other answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I like both of these New York offenses, second half of the season for fantasy production. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pieces in here. If you look at the Jets with, like I said, Michael Carter, uh, I think Elijah Moore has a big second half here as they acclimate him into the offense. And, and Corey Davis can be used. Um, you know, another team that's going to be playing from behind. Same thing with the Giants. 
You know, you look around, it's Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, I think could be a league winner the second half of the year. Uh, Ingram, Galladay, and Daniel Jones as a quarterback, I think would be a solid QB2 that you can use, uh, you know, a lot of weeks. All right, but I just want to bring it back really quickly and tie in Michael Carter and the trade talk that we had. Because here's some actionable advice that you just gave, that we just gave as a group. I Not think if you. you try, you try, yeah, well, I'd like to be quiet and let you two go for it. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like if you're trying to now go, all right, let me go look at my league and try and get Michael Carter from the guy who has Michael Carter. I'm going to give, I'm going to offer Cortland Sutton. That trade's going to be rejected, right? I'm going to offer CeeDee Lamb. I think he'll take it, but I don't know if you want to give up CeeDee Lamb for Michael Carter. I'm just, I'm throwing names out. Like, I'm, I'm going down the list of the top I know, but 20. Mate, don't throw out ridiculous things like that. No, Is it like, ridiculous? Like, yeah, uh, it's like hundred percent ridiculous. Chris, yeah. if you have you have Michael Nobody's Carter, nobody's trading right? CD Lamb away, a top ten wide receiver like CD Lamb for Michael Carter. Who would no you way. take? Nando. Uh, Marquise Brown. You'd, you'd shoot that down, right? I, if I was, I mean, if I was what the Marquise Brown. No, owner? if you have Michael Carter, you got Michael Carter right now, and someone's trying to get Michael Carter from you. Yeah. And they want, and they offer me Marquise Brown. See, I hate these Nando because it's all team. I context. know. What do you need? I'm just it's trying to help context. people who are. Li- all right, fine. Let's move on to the next thing then. <laughs> you make these so difficult. You know, I no, I don't make them difficult. You do. You make them very difficult. Okay, good. You, all you could say is, I don't think that would. Obviously, if someone's trying to get I, wait, Michael no, Carter. No, Marquise they need Brown him. is a top 15 wide receiver. I mean, unless you're desperate, really desperate at running back in a PPR league, you can't make that trade. I give up Terry McLaurin. I think that you could get. Um, you, I would Brandon. consider Chris Godwin. Wait, Brandon, you would trade Terry McLaurin away to get Michael Carter? I think. Well, I'm on some. I'm in some leagues where I have five of the top fifteen wide receivers. All right, but let's so, talk. Like, so then like, I'm like, okay, well, Terry has the worst quarterback situation out of out of my guys. That that would be my logic, okay? Because some of some of I have some leagues where literally every week I'm sitting there with just like a a ten. 10 to 20 pointer every single time in my uh on my bench and is this 10 team leagues though no i'm talking about no because listen you could right now have jamar chase you could have cooper cup you could have Devonte adams and you could have mike williams and you could have chris godwin you could have yeah, all those in the dudes perfect right world now. No, but in but the perfect world, yeah. But it, th- what I'm saying is, Cooper Cup was a later pick. Jamar Chase was a later pick. Debo was Samuel a was a later he pick. Was an early Marquise third Brown round was pick. a later pick. Uh, and uh, I'm just going through the list here. Mike Williams was a later pick. Uh, and then and mm-hmm. then if you can play Cordero Patterson in both places, that's one thing. Okay, then even like Cortland Sutton because of the injury was one of the later picks, depending on when you drafted. Brandon Cooks was a later pick. Michael Pittman was a later pick. Robert Woods was uh, up on the the end, but. Antonio Brown was a later pick, Christian Kirk, Jalen Waddell. Those are all top 25 wide receivers. So what I'm saying is you could pick one of these dudes, okay? If you have, you could legitimately have four or five of those dudes, which I have in some of my leagues, because a lot of these people I just took late because I was like, I have a ton of Marquise Brown. I have a ton of, um, I'm trying to see here who I have more of, definitely Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks. I have a ton of these dudes. So if one of them I can get more people for, because a lot of these wide receivers came out of, like from the later rounds of your draft. So I don't think this is totally unbelievable. And these are in large leagues. It depended on how you drafted, because if you took running backs early, you got a lot of these dudes late. 
So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's very possible. Chris, I think you just live in a different universe of playing where, like, like these, these are real deals you, and, like, players you have to offer because you're not going to get Michael Carter. And you're not casually going after Michael well, Carter. I, mean, I, I Listen, I like Michael Carter. I said that to start the conversation, but let's not go overblown here. Michael Carter isn't a top 12 running back. He's not a stud. He's he's somebody that we hope turns into uh, slowly. He's turning week by week into a serviceable RB2, somebody that could give you 10 to 13 points. But nobody's saying, nobody is going, here's my Terry McLaurin, my stud wide receiver one that can be 25, 30 points on a weekly basis for your Michael Carter. Well, nobody. I might be a I think little you're higher, wrong, man. but I think t- Terry, Terry McLaurin is like one of those people where he's either 25 points or 10 or 6 or 8. And well, it's not so him. everybody. It's I mean, a not lot of him. people are. Well, not a lot of people. He, it's, it's his quarterback situation. So I'm just saying if there was someone that I probably would try it for someone better than Michael Carter. I'm just talking about people that I would uh, that I think have still a really high value due to their name. That I'm a little less comfortable starting on a week to week basis than I used to be, just based on their circumstance. Terry McLaurin is an excellent, excellent wide receiver. Do not get me wrong. I'm just saying, man, watching Heineke play can sometimes really shake, uh, you know. And I was saying this earlier to trade high on Terry McLaurin. So uh, this is a name that I throw out a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed Terry McLaurin this past Sunday, seven one twenty five, and uh, you know, a couple touchdowns. Right, but the but two weeks before, he didn't even get to fifty yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, Terry McLaurin's been a great pick uh, this year. He, he's had a couple down weeks, but even his floor is ten points. Well, his floor is six point eight. PPR. Say it again. <laughs> Floor is six point eight PPR. But. <laughs> okay, I'll take the over on that ninety nine percent of the time. But the point is, the values have changed. Like you got to look at this. Is like Michael. All right, let me let me give you an example. And I don't want to dwell on this too much because it's almost too oh, specific. You don't want to do an hour of Michael Carter trade scenarios now, though. Michael Carter represents more than just yeah, Michael Carter. Yeah, I'm not Carter. talking about just Michael. Carter. I'm talking about a yeah, good running back imp- that I can play. Running backs are. I'm starting right now. I got a league where I'm starting Damian Harris and Jamal Williams, and I can't like it, it, ravaged by injury. Just tell you, it wasn't even a bad. You know, I had Gus Edwards. I had uh, uh, well, then I follow him up with Tyson Williams, and like just a couple of dudes knocked out completely by injury. So I'm sitting here with like Jamal Williams. Maybe Kenneth Gainwell becomes the starter this week for me. Um, and I still got. I repicked up Tyson Williams last night. I actually wanted to bring him up in the next little bit about the waiver wire. But in that situation, man, I would love to have that. Like to me, Michael Carter will solidify my running back core. You know what I mean? Like it's and I got Terry McLaurin strangely on this team, and he's benched behind right now, Keenan Allen and Debo Samuel in a two wide receiver league. And I got Devontae Adams with the COVID issues on IR right now. But you know that's that's the way my team looks at. It. I don't know if I'd give up Terry McLaurin for Michael Carter, but if this team like Brandon, this is a four and three team. Yeah. Right. Like right, I, exactly. Like, I'm in this position a lot, actually. Yeah. Am I going to play this game every week? You know, like where I'm yeah. just like trying to chase. Like this week, do I want Gainwell? Do I want Scott? Do I want Marlon Mack? Do I want Tyson Williams? Do I want Darrington Evans? Like, which way am I going to go with this? Or can I just plug in Michael uh, Carter, and you know, breathe a little and not have to worry like Jamal Williams every week? What's and, he going to do? And maybe it's just me, but I I guess for some reason I was able to hit on a lot of those late wide receivers. So I'm I'm in this position a lot. A lot of my leagues where I'm like, who, like, I will give up someone because my running back's tragic, you know, but 
where where on earth can I get that? And and sometimes it has to be a big dude. I yeah. I mean, I listen. And Michael Carter, yeah, like you said, it's it's not just Michael Carter. I'm saying like someone where I feel like I'm going to be getting double digit fantasy points from this running back position every single week, and I'm benching some of these amazing wide receivers. I got to start making moves, or it just doesn't make sense. Or I'm going to stay in the middle of the pack. Maybe it's just- all right. Let's. No, it's not. Well, it's me and you. Yeah, we and both have Terry McLaurin yeah. on our bench. That's, <laughs> that's it. We got very similar situations. Yeah. Um, all right, you know, let's let's move on to the waiver wire uh, because there there's some there's some waiver wiring that I want to talk about here with a group of players that are available right now, and it's like so. It's I'm looking at it like this: there's Gainwell and there's Scott, and obviously both in the same team. And Miles Sanders looks like he's going to be out. We don't know for sure what's going to be happening with that. Um, so I mean, that could kind of just blow up in your face. And I'm thinking, like, you know, you've been waiting. You skipped Dearness Johnson last week. You didn't get him or whatever. Um, but then you throw this trade deadline into the mix, which will be happening, I think, what, November, November 2nd? 7th. Second. No, it's the 2nd. Second. 2nd? Second? It's like which the is corner. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Um, and Marlon Mack demanded a trade. Uh, and, look, again, you look right at Philadelphia, where Nick Sirianni's the coach, and he was with Indianapolis. He knows Marlon Mack or whatever, whatever. Um, Tyson Williams in the blowout game that he was on the wrong side of got some play mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, caught a couple passes and played a little bit. And I don't know if that's him re-entering things or what, like after, you know, they've honed him over the last five weeks of inactives or whatever, but Tyson Williams blipped. Um, and then there's Darrington Evans and all this talk about, you know, I know Derek Henry's superhuman, but if you have Derek mm-hmm. Henry and Darrington Evans back off IR, is that a smart move? And if you don't have Derek Henry, is that a smart move? Because he's on pace for 500 touches, I think this year. Um, and then I don't know, like, I, like, I think I got a feeling Mike Davis is going to get dropped in some leagues. People are sick of him. Um, so anyway, I just want to throw that group out and see if like, like, would you have Marlon Mack? Is there any reason to have Marlon Mack go ahead of Gainwell and Scott on the thinking that maybe he gets traded to a very good situation and the double thinking that, and I know this is tight ends and it's a little different, but you can always see running backs jump in like Kenyon Drake did a couple years ago. Um, you know, Zach Ertz has jumped in, Dan Arnold has jumped in, and they've just, boom, like right out of the gate. There's not like a learning curve. They're getting like 70, 80-yard games. So if Marlon Mack gets traded to a good situation, does he become like a super valuable piece in a year where you can't get a running back in a trade? And you, you really, I mean, it's hard to find a good running back. And then to follow it up, Tyson Williams. Is he worth like throwing a dollar on and you're bidding and being like, well, you know, maybe they figured out that these kind of old guys are old and Tyson Williams is actually pretty good. Um Chris, since you were handed just a pretty bad loss in that prior segment, I'll let you go first. <laughs> was I? <laughs> um, okay. I mean, that was a long-winded question there, Nando. I think that was a seven-minute Well, you question, make it that way but, because uh, you have so many particulars that we have to set up for you. So Marlon Mack, yeah, it's a good person to pick up and stash just to see through the deadline. But I'm trying to go through all the teams and see where Marlon Mack could be traded to and be like, here you go. Here's 15 carries every week. Be our lead dog. Unless there's a, you know, like an injury. Um, I mean, maybe Miami, uh, you know. I mean, Malcolm Brown just went on IR or going on IR. I mean, I don't think they're that down on Gaskin. I still, we talked about Salvan Ahmed last week. I think he's going to get some more run. Uh, the guy that you mentioned that I've been stashing these last two, three weeks, honestly, for a couple bucks in, in a lot of my leagues is, um, is Evans uh, from Tennessee. You know, I know that Derrick Henry is pretty much, uh, you know, Iron Man, but... 
If he goes down, Darren Everton's is a nice piece. Those are the type of shots I like to take in my leagues, um, you know, just to see. He's touching the ball 30 times a week. If somebody clips his ankle and he's got to miss some time, Darrington Evans is somebody that steps right in and is a solid RB2. So those are the type of shots I like to take. Uh, I'm staying away from that Philly situation. I think that'll be a 50-50, you know, time split between Boston Scott and Gainwell. And they don't feed their running backs anyway. So um, I don't like that situation besides the fact that Sanders is probably only going to miss a game or two. So that's how I would have it. Darrington Evans would be my target, and then Mac, and then the Philly um, backs. But, but with that being said, with that being said, Gainwell and and Boston Scott, if Gainwell is even available in your leagues, uh, those two will be going for the most money. Those those two will be the more desired. But I I look at it a different way. I play the game a little differently. I find it so funny that there's so many Miles Sanders fangirls out there, and yet um, he's only scored eight more fantasy points in PPR than Mike Davis. Just putting that out there. (laughs) (laughs) So that should temper your expectations on Gainwell or anyone else. Um, uh, Yeah, it it is a a situation where if you have someone that you can put on IR and do a pickup, I would do it. But again, I'm kind of with Chris here. I'm not. I'm not quite sure where Marlon Mack's going to go. Sadly, where his talents will be just put on display right away. Um, I think he's very talented, and he should go somewhere else. But it is concerning. I, I'm not quite sure where that's going to be. A lot of places. Hey, have maybe teams. Atlanta. We just said Mike Davis. Uh, you know, he, he got four carries. He's, we talk about him every week getting like faded out of the offense. Maybe this was the beginning of that. Maybe Matt goes to Atlanta. I mean, I don't, I, maybe my Gallman dream, Brandon is, is fading away, <laughs> but maybe Marlon Mack had shipped to Atlanta, but they're not contending. So I don't know what they're trading for Marlon Mack. Uh, it's going to have to take an injury to a good team's top running back this next week uh, yeah. to, to get a Marlon Mack in a good position, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like, um, uh, I wish, you know, the Tyson Williams thing, if you, if you had him and you're holding him, you might as well keep him. Um, because if he gets traded, that's his only chance at true fantasy relevance. I think, I think Baltimore does not like him. I think they're very clear about that. Uh, I don't think there's any reason for us to feel I otherwise. I forgot about his name. I, I forgot about his name, Nando, when you brought it up, Tyson Well, you just got thought you cleverly ignored it. But I mean, he no, played No, I, I completely forgot about it, but that's another guy. I, I'm still not dropping my Tyson Williams shares. Yeah, you've already held on to this fact, one. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I, I'm going in and where other le- leagues that he was dropped in last week, I'm trying to pick him up this week as they're on the buy uh, very cheaply, a buck or two when everybody's given up. This Latavius Murray injury, who knows? Maybe it's a high ankle sprain and they're covering it up a little bit and we don't see him for another three or four weeks. But Le'Veon Bell is completely shot. He was running in mud this past Sunday. I think they looked at the few carries they gave him and said, okay, a nice experiment, but it's over. And maybe they come out of the bye and it's Tyson Williams' backfield, uh, uh, you know, once again. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I, I think he, out of all of these guys, is probably my top one. Um, but man, they do not like him, and he he better yeah, there there better be some sort of energy going on. I still think that they're dedicated to Devonte Freeman being a large part of that offense. So um, I don't think he'll get it a hundred percent, but he might be a. a you know, low, you know, 10-point dude that you plug and play. We still got a lot of bye weeks coming up. They're just not as extreme. 
Um, but you know, he, he could be a little plug and play if you need him. Someone gets hurt, banged up, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I don't think the Le'Veon Bell thing was working, but the Devonta Freeman's okay for them. You know, I mean, they have a running back in Lamar Jackson too. So it's tough. It's tough out there. This Tyson Williams thing has to be uh, like a pass protection issue, right? Cause he wasn't, he wasn't fumbling. Uh, he was, I mean, he's averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Yeah. Uh, he was catching the ball pretty well. He only, he only dropped or missed two passes. He was nine for eleven in in receptions and targets. Did, I mean, it's by far their best back. He did yeah. some weird, like kind of like um, lazily running back to the sideline. Like you know, you, there's the frustration level. If you watch the games, they were really frustrated with some of his decision making. Let's say, um, so that that's my concern. So uh, you know, I. And they're able to win without him, right? So they're just kind of like, we're not putting up with this garbage. So he just, I think it's up to him. He has to get it together. Okay. Uh, I had something on here about the top quarterback rushers, uh, but we already talked, we can mention Daniel Jones. I thought it was just cool. He's number three in the NFL and rushing among quarterbacks behind just Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fakir already said nice things about him. Why do we have uh, to live through the Jalen Hurts era? <laughs> Why? You know what? It's so He's funny so that Jalen Hurts. But oh my gosh, it is painful. The Jalen Hurts debate. The Jalen Hurts debate in the fantasy industry is like one of the hottest topics going on this there last month. There is no debate. About, He's fantastic for fantasy. What is the debate? Well, because he sucks as a normal as a real life yeah, quarterback. That, yeah. He's getting it done in um you know in fantasy. At the end of the day, his numbers are there. But one of these days, it's going to just bomb out. The numbers. It's you know. It's he's so bad that people are actually talking about like when are they going to go to Gardner Minshew like that's how bad real life is but at the end of the day you look up and he's got like 25 30 fantasy points and I get into arguments even in my in my column uh, Nando you know this oh yeah it's a amazing. couple of weeks ago <laughs> I left him out of my top 10 fantasy quarterbacks the rest of the season and got dragged in my in my comments <laughs> the Jalen Hurts family came out one after another and the reason why I left him out was for Joe Burrow and I just like to say, shout out to you people. Shout out to the the couple of people that dragged me. I'll take Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts every day of the week still. So enjoy your Jalen Hurts, and I hope that's he gets a, benched. I would also take Matthew Stafford. That's not really a shout out. Well, yeah. Matthew Stafford was in my top six, uh, Brandon. Yeah, and it should be. And and the thing is, like, um, I, I'm just saying, I would rather be in the position of having any of the five to. Th- at least five people below him in scoring, probably more like 10, because I do agree. They have to draw a line there in Philadelphia. It's painful. It literally hurts. And I cannot handle it anymore. But, um, but man, yeah. And, you know, whenever we talk about fantasy points, you, know, you, you got to do it. But um, this is why I just personally like to draft not as sexy, but solid, good quarterbacks on good teams this is the Matthew Stafford's of the world the Joe Burrows of the world um you know boring Tom Brady uh Justin yeah. Herbert you know where you were like this person Tom Brady you is know still fantasy god it's still amazing. fantasy god he always falls off at the end of the year though so just oh, no, no, no. um when it comes to fantasy points because they they want to save him for the playoffs as they should so typically the run game takes over and things like that. Um, he still had a, you know, obviously a, a great game uh, against Chicago, but if it, it, almost all the points were in the first half because the second half they just set out, right? So, um, but I, I'm just saying that this is why when it comes to drafting, I don't like to chase this. And I think this goes to 
the um, the Lance conversation, right? I mean, do we suggest that people chase that because he's coming up? It's kind of the opposite of Jalen Hurts, where he's going to get the job as opposed to lose the job, or projected to do one of those two things. Um, but you just don't watch. <laughs> is that what it is? This is like Blake Bortles all over again. And gosh, I won a lot of championships with Blake Bortles, but you just can't watch, right? You're right. Well, I mean, Trey Lance is a little more. Well, actually, maybe not. Blake Bortles could run. Yeah, I just feel like yeah. He was always one of the top runners every single year. Everyone, no no one ever remembered that about Blake Bortles that he could run. Yep, because fantasy's not reality, people. So Blake Bortles was relevant, very relevant. Trey Lance does seem like the like a little more electric than Blake. Bortles. I I can't see how this Niner team is going to go another week. I I hope they lose versus uh, the Bears this week and stick with Jimmy G. I don't know how you draft a quarterback in the top five uh, first round and then not turn your team over if you're heading south and going into a losing season. Jimmy G is terrible. Um, And it's time to give the rookie a shot. You know, Chicago did it with Fields, which it's a disaster. Don't get me wrong, but... (laughs) There's um, your answer, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Shoot... uh, you, You... you know, you're going to shoot these kids' confidence down. You're going to worry about ruining their confidence, or you're going to do, you know, uh, you know, you drafted them in the top five. Let them learn under fire. Let them take their hits. You know, maybe the second half of the season is better for Justin Fields, but um, I, I don't know. It, it's a real, it's a big L. Put it this way: it's a big L in the fantasy industry, fantasy community. All the people that went in on these rookie quarterbacks so far. You know, the Fields thing isn't working out. Lance, you're still holding on to right now, like, for a hope. Um, I dropped Trey Lance. I dropped Trey Lance in a couple of leagues of mine where I was stashing him coming out of the bye. He had the knee sprain. They already committed to Jimmy G again. I said, all right. I mean, I don't see him coming in the foreseeable future. But second half of the season, you're going to wind up seeing people picking him back up and and roll the dice. Yeah, I think that... um... What shouldn't be a hot take, but probably is, Shanahan needs to start justifying what he's doing. He's had one great Super Bowl season. The rest of the seasons, every time people are like, oh, but the they're just underperforming. They've underperformed for years now. And I think that he is starting to feel a little bit of heat because they're like, okay, every year there's, a, there's an excuse. There's something going on. Yes. You need to make some decisions. And I'm sorry, if you look at his record other than his Super Bowl year, it is not good. And he is, and this has been consistent throughout his career. I'm just saying, I think he's feeling the heat. He's got to get Trey Lance out there. He's got to get something cooking in that offense so that he is going into next season without a target on his back. Because I'm telling you, if they continue in this way, his job is up on the chopping block. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. Let me add on to that. I was watching, so I was watching the game, the rain game this week, and, uh, Overblown. Oh my God. Get ahead, Nando. I want to get to that, though. Well, it's Brandon, you know, Brandon Ayuk, you know, Dante Pettison scored the touchdown earlier today. And I was like, I was thinking about Shanahan. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, this guy completely, like, Dante Pettis, we were picking him pretty early in drafts. And we had big plans for Dante Pettis as fantasy players. And Shanahan just, like, disappeared him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he turned up on the Giants and he's he's doing all right. He's doing pretty well. Um, uh, He's doing the same thing with Brandon Ayuk. Yep. It's like he's he's yep. getting Dante Pettis, and it's so weird that these guys have this success, and then you're just like, ah, see you later, dude. 
Like I and like we don't know why. Well, Ayuk and, was in a better position last year when Debo was out. He was getting all the Debo Samuel routes, and now that Debo's back, you know, Ayuk took a back seat, and then you know, there's Shanahan and, and front office seems to be really down on him in terms of his practice habits and you know maybe dedication issues and stuff like that. Uh, Ayuk is a complete drop. Probably the biggest bust, along with his teammate Trey Sermon, in the top 75 overall draft board this year. Um, that is a complete miss. But that game, I mean, we woke up Sunday morning and everybody, every talking head was like, get your Niners and Colts out of your lineup. It's a hurricane. End of the world. Blah, 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 blah. And my phone's blowing up. What am I doing here with, like, Debo? What am I doing with Pittman? And the consensus in the fantasy industry was bench all your Colts and 49ers skill players, except for, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Elijah Mitchell, who, by the way, Elijah Mitchell, RB1, rest of the season, top 12 running back. Oh, That's great. my bold prediction. Uh, love that kid, and he's going to get fed, and he is the clear lead back there. But I even made the mistake. I said, all right, let me pull some of my Michael Pittman shares out of my lineup, and it hurt me. Uh, 21 fantasy points for Pittman at the end of the day think that hurricane was a little overblown yes they were kind of accurate with the weather it was bad but at the end of the day uh you know there was still enough offense where you could have started your skill players there i say you know what toughen up i remember maybe <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like i walked to school uphill both ways but it's like don't don't you remember like back in the day we, people were playing the snow sleet rain all the time and now everyone's like oh it's raining <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Do it. <laughs> Luckily, it was apocalypse time for the buys. So, like, I even had to start Carson Wentz in a league. I was like, whatever. Here we go. And you know what? Fine. Here we go. Carson Wentz. Really interesting. Really interesting. If you're in a two-quarterback league and you just had him, like, sitting there, it's it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, on that Carson Wentz point, um, man, he's he's just, like, he just floats. It's like his ball is full of helium. Like that ball just floats, and you're like, oh, but like this is going to get intercepted. And thank God he's got Michael Pittman Jr., who just grabs everything. He's amazing, um, right? Pittman yeah. is so good. And I, I did, I got him in a lot of leagues, which I feel really good about. But he was another one that everyone was just kind of like, mm, I don't know. And remember, Carson once got hurt. And burr, burr, burr. Um, so he was someone that you got at value because of the overreaction to the Carson Wentz injury. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, but you know, Carson Wentz is going to be like a, I don't know, probably 18 to 28 point quarterback rest of season. Like he's not, you know, the hotness, but man, if you've got like, you know, uh, a quarterback conundrum on your hands, he's, he's a pretty interesting filler. And especially if you're in a streaming situation, I think he's actually going to be pretty solid. I just traded Pittman for James Connor. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't have done that. You traded away Pittman what? for James Conner. No, I'm messing. No, I'm just trying to fire up Vaccaro. I'm sorry. Right. Oh. No, you totally did. <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. You totally did. And I now saw, you're like, oh, my man. God. I no, come on. That. Not, you know what? That's not as bad as your Terry McLaurin from Michael Carter. So how about that? I Well, I think you're actually James out of Connor, touch with reality. James Conner is a top 20 back, and, and he gets 50 rushing yards, and he gets in the end zone on a weekly basis. I mean, I wouldn't do it because I love Pittman, and I think Pittman is a top 24 wide receiver rest of season but again depends on how desperate you are at the running back position i think everybody's desperate at running back right now uh mostly yeah i mean yeah it's a there's so much wide receiver depth in fantasy this year 
Uh, Brandon went through all the names of guys that hit at, at, you know, seventh, eighth round later that helping fantasy teams. There weren't a ton of misses early on in the first four rounds. That second to fourth round range of wide receivers that came off the board were like really solid this year. Allen Robinson excluded. Um, but there was a lot of hits, a lot of serviceable. Uh, getting my boy Jerry Judy back this week. I am pumped mm. about that. So add him into the mix. But, uh, you know, listen, you look around fantasy teams. Everybody's got three or four really solid wide receivers. But a lot of teams are like, eh, I got one good running back. And then I'm trying to piece it together. Or maybe no good running backs. Uh, and this past week in week seven with Bye McGinnon, uh, it was ugly looking at teams' rosters. Now... Only two teams on a bye. Uh, one of them is the the Ravens, and one of them is the Raiders. Nobody really has any good running backs in those teams. Uh, Josh Jacobs, eh, whatever. But everybody's fully loaded now at running back this week. So it's one of those weeks where you go to the waiver wire and you're like, ah, I can sit this one out at, at the running back position. Chris can't help but notice that you just replied to a tweet on Twitter. Yeah, it was I, it was during you having fun. Well, no, some guy, I, some guy kissing up to you, the OG fantasy kissing up to you. My boy OG Fantasy, by the way, shout out to him. Great pod that uh, he puts on the um, the uh, GOAT district. Every week they bring on great uh, top high stakes players. So shout out to him and his crew, Dan Williamson. Uh, you know, give it a listen. All right, we're done. Well, I, no, I, I tweeted back to him during your seven-minute question about the waiver wire running backs. Well, that's why you forgot about Tyson Williams. <laughs> yeah. Because you were sending a I fist got emoji. Lost four minutes. No, I got four minutes into you, you know, going through your, um, you know, speech. This is your fault. Is it? Because I can't just ask you a question about a player. It's like, well, I don't know. What's the temperature inside? What's the relative humidity? Who's his coach? I mean. What high school did he go to? I don't know if I'd have had him. Okay. Sorry. You're leaving out all these details. Okay. Uh. Let me ask you two a question. I'll start with Brandon. Dernis Johnson had a week and once again proved that he could play. What do you do now? Like, what's what's your move with Dernis Johnson? You just keep trotting him out there until uh, everyone's healthy on the Browns? Do you just, is it time to say goodbye after one week? How are you approaching him if you have him? Uh, I'm keeping him until Kareem Hunt's back. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's going to put up Kareem Hunt numbers, but since that's a possibility, I would definitely hold on to him. And we were just talking this whole time about how we're, you know, wide receiver heavy on on great players. So if, you know, and now we know that if Chubb comes back and he re-aggravates something, that Dernis Johnson can be awesome. I mean, I think that, that he's a hold until further notice. I don't know if I'm playing him necessarily. Again, it depends on my team, but um, – it's going to be very interesting to see how this week unfolds, where he's projected, how we feel about him. Um, could they give Nick Chubb the the role 110%? Sure. But they have so many carries to go around. Typically, someone else gets involved in some way. I, I think that, that he might be involved again this week. So I'm holding him until I see um, – you know, uh, more stuff. But man, did we call? I think I think the the ending score was fourteen seventeen, right, or something. I think that's what we called yeah, on this yeah. show where we were like, yeah, yeah it's I not going to be a barn burner. Seventeen ten, as like I was like, it's going to be a garbage game. We all did, uh, but yeah. So uh, listen, this is going to be an interesting situation. Let's assume the reports are that Nick Chubb's going to be back this week. Nick Chubb's going to be the lead back. Dearness sure. Johnson is not a drop. He's earned his right to to play a secondary role to Nick Chubb. What's going to happen here, you know, what you want to tune in and see that's going to be interesting is how they split up these things, how they split up these carries. Nobody, nobody make 
the false impression that Dearness Johnson is better than Nick Chubb. He's not. Nick right. Chubb is a stud. If he's fully healthy, you call him your number one, and you're calling. You call him your number one. One hundred percent. I'll stick by that. I will stick by that, Nando. If you caught some heat for that one, yeah, that's fine. And and I'll and and I wish that the you know let's see if Kareem Hunt is is really going to be out these next six weeks, and if Nick Chubb is one hundred percent. Hopefully that calf. I don't think they're going to give him, you know, like a full 90% workload of the backfield like they just did with Dearness Johnson, giving him 22 carries and a a couple. But if he was in that situation last Thursday night, Nick Chubb would have ran for 175 yards and two touchdowns. There's not a doubt in my mind. And if there's any running back in fantasy that could be a Derrick Henry type, you know, it is Nick Chubb in this offense behind this offensive line. Nick Chubb would be 25 to 30 fantasy points every week if the circumstances were that Kareem Hunt was out for the season. Dearness Johnson hasn't, you know, have that game where he's now going to factor in. If Nick Chubb had a backfield to himself in Cleveland, he would be the other Derrick Henry in fantasy football. No doubt in my mind. See, and I think he could be close to the Derrick Henry points and not even need to have 95% of the touches. And the reason why is because of the wide receiver situation in Cleveland Mm -hmm. and their quarterback situation in Cleveland. They have to run numerous times. They are a running team. Yeah, so like... They are one of the few running teams in football from here on out. Hopefully Baker's out. You know, maybe they just turn... It's a team that's going to have to rely on some defense and their run game. You know, uh, Landry's banged up now. I don't know if he's going to miss time. Beckham, you know, is going to have this shoulder issue going forward. They're a team that's going to run the ball 30 to 35 times every week. Their offensive line is their strength, top offensive line of football. Nick Chubb will be leaned on. Hopefully this calf issue, he's over it. And Nick Chubb will be a top three fantasy back from this day on, if that's the case. Yeah, and that could still mean that Dernis Johnson is a flex while Kareem Hunt is out. Yeah, it's I possible, think both Brandon, things are for true. sure. For these yeah. next six weeks, I, I agree with that. Dernis yeah. can play a 25, 30%, uh, you know, uh, snap percentage roll and, and get 10 carries a game. Yeah. All right. I got one, one last topic I want to hit before we got to go. Um, and it's the Packers Oof. and you look at the depth chart and what's happening there. And you know, they got the Thursday game. It's, it's Devonte Adams out with COVID. Yeah. Alan Lazard out with COVID. Uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling on the IR, probably not going to come back in time. No, he probably is. You think so? I think, uh, well, there's yeah, rumors the, the that he might. Reporters, I, the beat reporters are saying he should be activated. He will be activated before the, the game on Thursday. So we're expecting him back. So this isn't like a Malik Taylor game just yet? <sighs> it's not go. that dire? Uh, you, you were dying for it. You were dying. Well, know, well, we didn't get to, to talk too much about Dante <laughs> Pettis, so you wanted to bring in Malik Taylor, right? All right, who would you pick on this team then? Marcus Valdez-Scantling should be one of the top ads. As Coming off as, the IR too quickly? Uh no, I mean uh, let's assume he's gonna go. I think I think they're all you know gonna be the main targets in, in Fab tonight is Randall Cobb, Valdez Scantling, and if Tanyan Robert Tanyan is available at the tight end position, he's gonna be a big add uh, too, especially for, you know for all the tight end needy teams. Uh, Rogers is is the goat man. He's going to get it done. In time, in last year, when without Devontae Adams, he still had big time games. Um, he's going to dink and dunk. He's going to find the open man. He's they're going to scheme him open. It's going to be, you know, I, I wish Adams and Lazar were playing. This would have been the best Thursday night game of the year. I was looking forward to it, but 
uh, you know, Rodgers is still going to get it done. Yeah. I think uh, Randall Cobb is probably the one that I like the best. I think the real problem here is that the Arizona Cardinals defense has been hot. hot, 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 hot. So um, that is – it's it's hard because I still would be like, oh, the studs, yes, let's do it. But uh, I think this is going to be a big Aaron Jones – uh, Robert Tanya, which speaking of, waivers already ran for the majority of Yahoo leagues. I just wanted to check this out. And he is still available in um, 42% of leagues. Who's so, that Robert, Robert Tanya? Yeah. Tanya? And I think, yeah. And I think that that's something that people need to fix t- this second. So just go if you're in one of these leagues and go pick him up. In my opinion, uh, that's a for sh- sure. He should be a top 10 tight end this top week. Top 10 tight end this week. And I, th- I think this is going to be a big, big Aaron Jones week. I, I got a little like roasted because someone was talking about trading Aaron Jones to the person who had um, A.J. Dillon when they had Austin Eckler. And I just said, I, I'm not. And, and then they would get Austin Eckler instead. And I was like, I'm just not really big on trading people in the same tier at the same position you know, unless there's like a definitive reason. And I kind of got roasted a little bit here. But I think uh, I think Aaron Jones is exactly – is going to be huge this week. Um, and uh, I, I would I would prefer him. I, I, I just think he has to be involved even though Arizona has given up the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing – Running back. Look for him in the passing game to be uh, involved big time this week. Yeah, so that's what I think is going to happen with Green Bay. Um, But it's going to be a fun game, and I'm just, you know, really excited. Um, I know that the, I I believe that the over under didn't it move like by over three points or whatever once Devontae. Yeah, yeah, it came down once Adams got ruled out. Yeah, that's so – I mean, that doesn't normally happen when a wide receiver's out, but um, they're not wrong. Devontae Adams is a massive loss, but as you said, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, GOAT, he's on prime time. He's not going to let himself get roasted. I just don't think that's going to happen. Malik Taylor. Do it, man. Remember it. Remember <laughs> it. Listen, screenshot. Uh, Nando, go. Nando oh. screenshot your teams with Malik Taylor in it, please. I don't know why, like, is that your burner account? The guy who's like, hey, screenshot the Tavon Austin team? And I, I did, and then I never heard from him again. And <laughs> <laughs> had that Tavon Austin zero work out for you, good? Uh, no, it was actually pretty bad. It's it's in the league that I'm in with Brandon where I'm owing whatever it is now, seven. Oh, we're going to, you know what? Really for, bad. From now on, going forward, I want to keep a weekly running total. I want to see how that 0-17. I want to see you if you can go 0-14 on the. So every week, can we get like a... Can we get a can we get a weekly update? Just team lost again this week, or yeah, I just want to know if we're going to yeah. actually get a win. Have your burner account. Ask me on Twitter. I'll answer. Will do. <laughs> all right, we got to go. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We hope this show was informative and helpful, and uh, you know makes your decisions a little easier that you may have to make. Although we better just made them much much harder. Uh, one of these days, we'll agree on something, all three of us. For now, Not thank likely. you for joining us. Yeah, but, well, you know, hey. Shout out to Beller. So Chris, when you, Beller. When, you sh- when you shout someone out, that's a good thing. <laughs> You're not bringing up someone that you don't like in the comments. Okay. Shout out Beller. Got the shout ones and out. Twos. Thanks, yeah. Beller. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Good luck in week eight. We'll see you later. Bye.